Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Welcome back to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura, Belly Up Sports, Boston Red Sox beat writer. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam. We've got a great episode for you here. Some incredible games, some incredible performances, and I might be dropping the hottest take of the year today. But first, Brandon, how are you doing? LJ, I'm doing good. Uh, You're absolutely right about the games today. We did have some incredible performances, including the game I'm going to talk about first. Uh, This hot take that you're dropping is news to me. So uh, it should be be a fun episode. Hopefully it's hot enough then. (laughs) Well, uh, let's get into the games. Uh, First, starting off with the Nationals and the Mets. After pitching a scoreless first five innings, Jacob DeGrom got the Mets on the board with an RBI double. A Brandon Nimmo would come through with a single to make it 3-0 Mets after five. Uh, LJ, first of all, we haven't talked about this in a while, but but, uh, pitchers who rake, we love it. Yes, sir. 
Three runs was way more than enough support, though, as a Jacob DeGrom was immaculate today. Throwing a complete game, two-hit shutout, striking out a career-high 15 batters, and lowering his season ERA to 0.32. The Mets would get more runs from Dom Smith singling and then a Brandon Nimmo home run capped it off as the Mets win 6-0. Of course, you can give the win to Jacob DeGrom. Now 2-1 on the year. I mentioned his stat line earlier. uh, A complete game, two-hit shutout, striking out 15 batters. He now has a 50 strikeouts in his first four starts, uh, which is an MLB record. And LJ, correct me if I'm wrong, but he just broke the record that got set by Shane Bieber, correct? Strikeouts through the first four games? Yes. I want to say Shane Bieber had 48, and now since... Yeah, that, that, that sounds right, 50. yes. So already an absurd amount of strikeouts between those two. But also... uh. Jacob DeGrom is the first player to throw a 15-strikeout shutout and also collect two hits while batting since uh, 1984. And that was done by uh, Matt Dwight Gooden. So, uh, yeah, two um, hits, including an RBI double, strikes out 15. Uh, LJ, this guy's the best pitcher on the planet, easily. Absolutely. Uh, another thing, just to go extended into this pitcher's who rake here, Jacob DeGrom, not only two are uh, two for four on the day, two hits, including that RBI double, but he scored twice yeah. himself, both on that double he hit. And then on the single he hit in the eighth, he got scored on the Brandon Nimmo homer. So really just a fantastic game. I wish I'd gotten it on my radar a little quicker and I would have been able to see more of it, but I got to catch last three innings maybe four innings I can't remember off the top of my head but I wish I could have gotten to see the whole game the loss goes to Eric Fetty who's now one and two on the year uh he goes five innings allowing four hits and three runs the Mets are now eight and seven the Nationals fall to seven and ten today's matchup is Joe Ross going for Washington and he'll face a red hot Marcus Stroman for the Mets All right, let's get on to the Oakland Athletics and the Baltimore Orioles. Remember when I was dissing this matchup? Well, that might not have been the best move here. The A's drove in two runs in the second, and then in the fifth, we found out that we would see Raymond Laureano's baseball tomorrow. A solo piece, 428 feet, 3-0 A's. Catcher Pedro Severino drove in one in the sixth to break up the shutout. 3-1 3-1 A's is the final. Give the win to Chris Irvin, who went five and a third of an inning, allowing one earned run and striking out six batters. The loss will be given to Jorge Lopez, who went four innings, allowing three earned runs. Brandon, the Oakland Athletics are now winners of 12 straight and, got, and have Chris Bassett on the mound tomorrow. What are you thinking about this run? Well, they have Chris Bassett on the mound tomorrow, but they could really use Chris Pratt to come in again and uh, do do some of filming for them. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is just a very a very strong return. You got to think. I mean, I can't remember a team bouncing back this well from an zero and six start. Yeah, I- they just kind of forgot forgot that it happened and have now gone. What is it? 
13 and one. Yeah. Yeah. And the crazy part is that, is that like, I think that shows just how long the, the baseball season is, you know, we were so down on the A's through that first series. And now just two weeks later, they are the hottest team in the league. So it's so easy to go from the coldest team to the hottest team in the league. Uh, I would say it's so easy, but it's much easier than other sports. It, it, it really, all you need is just a few good starts strung together and your offense really getting timely hits. And that's, that's what will win you games. It's all about being able to close games. I mean, there's really a, there's three words that matter when you're trying to find early in the season, I think, who actually good teams are regardless of record, regardless of what their end of their season record is, I think this is very important. A, B, C, always be closing. If you can really finish games, finish tight games, win them on a semi-consistent basis, or at least be in them, then you're going to put yourself in a great position. There's another team like that I'm going to talk about later, but that just that separates the good teams from the bad teams. It's one thing to win in blowouts. That can happen when your pitching gets hot. That can happen when your hitting gets very hot. That's not going to last long-term. What's going to last long-term is being able to fight through and get wins or get close losses. Totally agree with that. I mean, we see so often that the teams that start off hot uh, are the ones that that end up making the playoffs. You know, if at the end of April you are leading your – league or your uh, division you have a pretty good chance to make the playoffs and you know I don't really uh, look too much into the, the the standings until about May I'd say the end of May but we see how often that uh, getting off to a hot start uh, is so consequential to your your postseason uh, chances so uh, yeah let's keep going uh, on to the Cubs and the Brewers the Cubs scored 10 runs in the first two innings. Home runs from Anthony Rizzo and Javi Baez, along with RBI doubles from Anthony Rizzo, Jake Marisnik, and Nico Horner, did most of the damage for the Cubs' offense. They go on to route the Brewers 15-2. The win goes to Kyle Hendricks, who's now 1-2 on the year. Six innings pitched, six hits, two runs, and six Ks. The loss goes to the the Brewers starter, Brett Anderson, who got pulled in the first inning due to an injury. He's only able to get, uh, he falls to two and two now, and he's only able to get one out. So he goes a third of an inning, um, three hits and three runs. The Cubs are now 10 and nine. The, The Brewers are 11 and eight. Today's matchup has Milwaukee sending out Freddie Peralta and he will face Chicago's Adbert Alzale. Let's get on to the Royals and the Tigers. A pair of home runs by Andrew Benintendi and Ryan O'Hearn preceded a four-run fifth inning that put the Royals up 6-0. Robbie Grossman added a two-run four-bagger for Detroit, which got us to our 6-2 final. Give the win to Mike Miner, who went five and two-thirds of an inning, allowing two earned runs and striking out nine batters. The loss will be handed to Casey Mize, who went four and two-thirds of an inning, allowing six earned runs. They will play today at 1.10 p.m. They've got Brady, Brady Singer on the mound for Kansas City against Matthew Boyd. 
has been quite hot to start the year. He has. Uh, let's get on to the, as, as LJ uh, dubbed last night, the best rivalry in baseball at the current moment. That is the Padres and the Dodgers. Game the best, two. The best, Go ahead. The best rivalry in baseball until July when the schedule actually allows the Red Sox to play the Yankees. Agreed. Uh, at least for now, yeah, we can enjoy Padres, Dodgers. But for, for me and LJ, it's always going to be Red Sox, Yankees. We just, especially because we're fans of the teams. I, I, I have not seen someone give a legitimate other option that is as good as Red Sox and Yankees. That's not a fan. Like, it's first off, it's always listed in at, at minimum top three. But I think the ones I have ever heard is Red Sox, Yankees baseball, uh, UNC, Duke basketball, Ohio State, Michigan football. Well, I'd say Alabama, Auburn football is also up there as well. Yeah, but those are the ones I think I see most consistently in the yeah. top three. And Red Sox, Yankees, far more than anyone else. It's it's classic. Well, Padres and Dodgers, let's get right into it. Max Muncy got the Dodgers on the board first with an RBI single, but then Will Myers responds with a home run, and we're tied at one run apiece after two innings. In the third, it's Fernando Tatis Jr. going yard. Uh, I believe this was 20 years to the date of his father hitting two grand slams in the same inning off the same pitcher uh, in this same ballpark in Dodger Stadium. Uh, that's certainly an MLB record that will never get broke, uh, just tied at the most, because I guarantee you no one will ever hit three grand slams in one inning. Uh, but yeah, really cool piece of trivia for, for Fernando Tatis Sr. But Fernando Tatis Jr., like I said, goes yard in the third inning, and then he does it once more in the fifth inning. That's his third and fourth home runs of the year, both off of Clayton Kershaw, and that puts San Diego up three to one. The Padres pitching looked great all night. They cruised to a six to one win. The Dodgers offensive struggles continue. The win goes to Yu Darvish, who's now two and one on the year. He goes seven innings, a four-hit, one-run ball, striking out nine. He looked very, very sharp tonight. The loss goes to Clayton Kershaw, who falls to three and two. He also goes seven innings, allowing five hits, three runs, uh, all on solo home runs. That's what those three runs come from. And he strikes out seven batters. The Padres are now 12 and 10, and the Dodgers are 14 and six. Today's matchup is a rematch of last Sunday's matchup, Blake Snell versus Trevor Bauer. If you remember, it was the Padres walking away with a victory in that one. Uh, so we'll have to see now that the uh, series is split, correct? Or uh, No, it's no, two Padres won last Diego. night. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So Padres up two going into game three. Now, now is this a three game or a four game? It's a four-game series. Uh, they will also play uh, Sunday. That pitching matchup will be uh, Joe Musgrove will be taking on a Dustin May. Yeah, I think 
I think it's going to be really interesting if both of these teams end up 500 against each other on the year when it all ends up said and done, which certainly can happen. They could very, I could easily see um, the Dodgers only taking one of these next two matchups, especially with just the, the talent of pitching that's going out there right now. So we could see these teams be four and four coming out of this, but Overall, just fantastic job, I think, from you, Darvish, to be able to stymie this Dodgers offense. This, even at its coldest points, is no pushover of a lineup. And to come out on top in such a powerful pitcher's duel is just something that absolutely amazes me. I love to see it. Anyone who loves a well-pitched game of baseball loves to see a matchup like this. And great on great on you, Darvish, for coming out on top. Yeah, this this a uh, Dodgers offense has really struggled over the last uh, week. I guess it is. Uh, in their past three games, they've scored. Uh, so that's counting tonight. They've scored one run, two runs, and one run. Uh, they haven't scored more than two runs in a game uh, dating back to uh, last Saturday, which was uh, April seventeenth. Offense has really been in sh- – or excuse me, they scored three runs on Monday, uh, the 19th. But still, the offense has not been good. Uh, they are battling quite a few injuries, that being uh, Gavin Lux, Zach McKinstry, Cody Bellinger, Chris Taylor. They're all on the IL. Uh, LJ, I'm not sure how how much of tonight's game you were able to catch, but really other than, than a Mookie Betts, uh, the entire offense was a struggling, even just making contact with uh, – you you Darvish's pitches. He looked exceptional tonight. Yeah, I wasn't watching the game proper. I was seeing some of the highlights that came through, but it was just you could tell they hadn't a clue what was going to go past them next. <laughs> Quite literally past them. So really, I mean, you think about it, when hasn't you Darvish been great? Honestly, he's one of the most the best kept secrets in the game at this point, I have to feel. Um, I have no, of course, no actual statistics to back this up yet, that he has never been bad, but I can't remember a time at least. Texas, he was great, but he was with the Rangers, so no one cared. And then in LA, of course, he got um, burned by that um, Astros team, which yeah, well, I'm, so not sure, I'm not sure what they could have possibly done. He, he was traded onto that, that Dodgers team during the middle of the year. He only plays like the, the last, like, he only makes like 10 starts on the Dodgers, including yeah, exactly. that, 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 that game seven of the World Series. Yeah, and then he en- ends up only playing eight games, getting 40 innings in the next year in Chicago. But then from then on, he's been solid at least. He's been in a well, well above average uh, pitcher his entire career, and just no one gives him credit for being in that upper group enough. Or at least they didn't early enough, in my opinion. No, and uh, something I found fascinating tonight listening to the Dodgers broadcast was that the, the Dodgers targeted him very heavily out of high school. They actually wanted really? him to skip the professional leagues in, in uh, Japan and come straight to the MLB. Well, not to the MLB, but to the MLB organizations to play in the, the minor leagues instead of go through the – japan system so uh yeah the the dodgers were hot on him for a while he he joins them uh 
and they lose game seven of the World Series in a game where he he honestly did uh, pitch very good, you Darvish did. And uh, now he comes back to bite them once again on this one. So, uh, yeah, love love me some some you Darvish. And, uh, yeah, he pitched awesome tonight. Brandon, is this just me? Or do you feel like they should have handed out all-star awards without playing an all-star game last year? Oh, because, yeah, totally. Because yeah. It, it might just me be me wanting my mental state to be okay, but I keep getting offended every time I look at these guys' stats and don't see the all-star next to them. Yeah. Because I'm like, this guy just had eight wins last year, a 201 ERA. He was amazing in his 76 innings. How on earth did he not get to the all-star game? Who was voting on this that would have kept him out? And then I remember there's just no game that year, and that's what happens. But let's get on into this Mariners and Red Sox game. Kyle Seeger got a run in, in, in the top of the first, but then in the bottom of the inning, what, I have to ask, was DMX on the mound? Because X gone give it to you. Xander Bogart's a two-run homer, 409 feet to tie up this game. J.D. Martinez added to this lead leading with his league-leading seventh home run into the mix. And just like that, it's a 3-1 ball game. The Red Sox were outscored 4-3 the rest of the game, but they won 6-5. Give the win to Hirokazu Sawamura. The loss to Yusei Kikuchi, who went four and two-thirds of an inning, allowing five earned runs. Brandon, I've got to ask... Seattle's good. It's too early for me to say that they're good because it has just been year after year with them. You know what amazes me about them? They have that 116 win year in 2001. And that's the last time they made the playoffs was having the greatest regular season team in league history. Last time they make the playoffs. Like after that, they, they, they couldn't even have a year where they – just scraped into the playoffs with like 90 something wins. No, they, they went from rock from mountain high to rock bottom since. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, again, this is something I was thinking about earlier on. I mentioned referenced to earlier with the ABCs always be closing, always be close. This team has been in tough fights this entire time. Who knows if they've really even been hot, hot yet. To be able to be 12 and 8 with a zero run differential, that shows there's something extra, something intangible with this team that I think is going to make it so they're at minimum better than we thought they were going into the season. Yeah, I mean. They they may not, again, with that division, you've got, the uh, Astros, you got the Angels, you got the A's. Those are very good teams. So I'm not saying they're going to win the division or make the playoffs. I just have to worry that they're um, not going to. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hold on. The police walkthrough just came through and I just got all thrown off. <clears throat> um, we'll stay live. Yeah, this is this is live into what we go through here at LaSalle University as the police make sure no one is breaking into the academic buildings. Um, where was I? Seattle. Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not I'm not saying that they're going to make the playoffs or they're going to make it into a wild card spot, but I'm saying I wouldn't be shocked to see them finish four or five games above 500 and miss right now, which was not nearly where I was putting them before the season started. No, I mean they have a like a lot of good talent to work off of. I mean, Mitch Haniger has been tearing the cover off the ball ball this year. He has pretty close to a 1,000 OPS. Uh, I love uh, Kyle Seeger. He's just a guy who who has gone out every day for the last however many years. I think this is maybe his ninth or tenth year in the bigs. And it's just a consistently good uh, left-handed hitting infielder. Kyle Lewis, uh, you know, this guy who wins the AL of Rookie of the Year last year. And then they have Evan White, who was one of their first round picks as well. And we've seen him, uh, you know, he's he's on like a, a weird six year contract. He certainly hasn't put it together this year, but uh, last year he was also not good. So we'll, we'll have to see with him. The guy that I, I, I like is is a Taylor Trammell. We talked yeah, was... about him with the Friars on the farm guys. Uh, he comes over from San Diego in a trade in August and uh he hit his. Uh, he already has three home runs this year. I think that he could be a pretty impactful piece. LJ, it's certainly not wrong to say that S Seattle has good players. It's just you're right. Like, do they have enough pitching and like, do they have enough intangible whatever that is to really push them over the hump once we get to May, June, July, etc. I think they have the intangible, but not the roster depth. Mm. Like. They're not going to be able to long-term compete with these other teams, but if it comes down to a close game, I wouldn't want to be in one with this team because they, they, they clearly know what they're doing. I was wondering when you were going to mention Taylor Trammell when you were talking about all of these high-profile awards guys because, after all, I believe it was the 2018 Futures game he won MVP. Mm. If I didn't mention it earlier, uh, it'll be Chris Flexen against Nathan Eovaldi today. Seattle has a lot of uh, likable guys. They got our guy, Nikki M. They got LJ Newcom. They could, they're slowly becoming the show favorite in the AL. You know, I'd say that it's the Reds in the NL right now, or San Diego, but they're, they're creeping up there. We're not a Padres podcast, so it has to be the big red contraption. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get on to the Indians and the Yankees. The Indians put up three runs in the bottom of the first inning, thanks to a double from Fran Mil Reyes and then an Ahmed Rosario single. But in the top of the second, the Yankees would respond with home runs from Aaron Hicks and then an absolute bomb from Rugnet Odor 
to make it tied three to three. From there on, it was the Giancarlo Stanton show. And in the words of John Sterling, he went, Giancarlo, Nancy Puo Stapfarlo. Two home runs for Giancarlo Stanton, his fourth and fifth home runs of the year. That gives the Yankees a five to three lead, and that would be your final. Give the game to, or the win to Lucas uh, Flicky. He's now 1-0 on the year. He goes an inning and a third. Uh, he came in after Yankee starter Jordan Montgomery exited with two outs in the fifth inning. The loss goes to Logan Allen, who's now 1-3 on the year. He goes two and a third, allowing five hits and four runs. The save goes to Aroldis Chapman, uh, the guy who I talked about on the PPP yesterday. He keeps his perfect season alive so far, has not allowed a run. I also got to finally watch Emmanuel Classe pitch. Uh, LJ, he is awesome. He has so much of movement on his pitches. He's throwing like a 98, at least 98, 99 with, with arm side action. Uh, this guy is going to be awesome. The fact that he had to sit out all of last year due to PEDs, you know, he comes back with just such a much a fresher arm, I think that I really think that the Indians are going to hit on these couple of bullpen pieces in James Karinchak and Emmanuel Classic. Yeah, I haven't seen that good of stuff anywhere except going at my third baseman's feet. So I would love to see that. <laughs> Let's get uh, into the Blue Jays and the Rays, unless there's something you had to add, Brandon. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to say that today's matchup between the Yankees and Indians uh, is, is Garrett Cole versus Shane Bieber. Uh, should be a fun one. Blue Jays and Rays. Marcus Simeon, three-run homer, capped off a four-run first inning for Toronto. Randy Rosarena unloaded on a three-run homer that went 445 feet. But Randall Grichik said, hold my beer, and tried his hand at a 440-plus Homer himself that put the game out of reach. Toronto wins five to three. Give the win to Steven Matz. He went five innings, allowing three earned runs and striking out seven batters, including also the most important stat here, a big middle finger to Brandon Karam, who absolutely counted him out to start this year. The loss will go to Tyler Glass now, who went six innings, allowing five earned runs and striking out 10 batters. Give that save to Rafael Tolis. Yeah, Stephen Matz, it's, it's tough, but uh, it, it makes it more tough when a Tyler Glass now took the loss and he's on my fantasy team and five earned runs in six innings is not <laughs> ideal. <laughs> on to the D-backs and Braves. What uh, I'm doing right now, I am playing taps for you on the world's smallest bugle. <laughs> well thank you uh <laughs> on to the d-backs and braves austin riley homered to give the braves an early 2-0 lead in the second inning Hawaskar inoa would then help himself out hashtag pitchers who rake he singles to extend the lead to 3-0 after the fourth inning but Diamondbacks Carson Kelly would go deep. He cut the lead down to one, but then a, a Dansby Swanson triple and Ozzie Albies home run put the game away for Atlanta and the Braves win five to four. 
give the win to Huascar Anoa, another member of my fantasy team. Uh, finally, a nice bounce back start. Six innings, two hits, two runs, and five strikeouts. The loss goes to Luke Weaver, who's now one and two on the year. He goes five innings, allowing six hits and four earned runs. The save to Will Smith, his fourth of the year. The Braves improve to nine and 10. The Diamondbacks fall to nine and 11. Today, it will be a Madison Bumgarner taking on Drew Smiley. Astros and the Angels. Shohei Otani and Jared Walsh drove in two runs early off of Houston's ace, Zach Greinke, but that's all he gave up in the game. In the seventh, Yuli Gurriel hit a two-run game-tying dinger that make, made it 2-2, a score that lasted until extras. The Angels added two in the top of the inning before Houston rattled off three in the bottom, including a pinch-hit single from Robel Garcia to win the game. Give the win to Ryan Presley, a loss to Rafael Iglesias. Zach Granke went seven innings, allowing two earned runs and striking out six. Andrew Heaney went six and a third of an inning, allowing one earned run and 10 strikeouts. These two teams will play on Saturday with Griff Canning on the mound for the Angels and Jake Odorizzi in there for the Astros. Brandon, do you think Jake Odorizzi could play worse than he has so far this season? No. It's been rough. It's been very, very bad. It's been rough for the really almost consensus second-ranked pitcher on the market this year. Like, I feel like pretty much everyone whiffed on him this year as everyone was complaining, why hasn't he been signed? Why hasn't he been signed? And then he goes out and drops over the first four starts, three starts. Yeah, three starts. Uh, A 10.57 ERA and has just looked absolutely helpless out on the mound. So... We'll see if it's any better. We'll see if he can go five. <laughs> I hope. I mean, that I think the Astros were really banking on him to be solid for that number two, number three spot, especially when they lost Framber Valdez. If you, if, I'm pretty sure what happened was as soon as the Framber uh, Valdez injury news came out, it was like two or three, three days later that they go out and sign Jake Odorizzi. So, uh, yeah. And it's Not two multi-year deal, if I'm correct. I'm sorry? If I'm correct, it's a multi-year deal? Yes, uh, you, you, you absolutely are correct on that. It was a three-year, $23.5 million deal. Uh, there's a player option for 2023, but uh, he'll, he'll be under contract through the 2022 season at least. So in other words, the player option will be taken and he will be with the Astros in some form until 2023, unless who knows what happens at this rate. Let's move on to the Reds and the Cardinals. The Cardinals scored five runs in the first three innings, thanks to a Yadier Molina home run, a a double from Paul Goldschmidt, single from Nolan Arenado, and then a double from Yadier Molina, and that made it 5 nothing Cardinals. The Reds would mount a comeback in the ninth inning. Uh, Nick Castellanos, he went yard in the seventh inning, and they were trying to use that momentum to, to bring them back, but uh, they fall short and lose 5-4. to four. Uh, That was Castellanos' seventh home run on the year, which ties him for the league lead. Give the win to Cardinals starter Kwong 
Hyun Kim. He's now 1-0 on the year. He goes 5-2-thirds, allowing five hit, one run, strikes out eight. The loss to Sonny Gray, who's now 0-1 on the year. He goes 3-2-thirds, allowing six hits, five runs, and striking out six. The save to Alex Reyes, his fourth on the season. The Cardinals improve to 9-10. The Reds fall to 9-10, and, and they are now losers of five straight. Today's matchup features Wade, Miley, and John Gannon. Here we go, Pirates-Twins. Williams, Ostadio, and Jake Cave each had home runs for the Twins, but they were not the story. Brandon Hap, foot and mouth carried a no-hitter into the eighth yet yesterday where it was broken up by Jake Stallings. The Twins still win it two to nothing. Give that win to J.A. Hap. He went seven and a third of an inning, allowing one hit and no earned runs. The loss will be given to J.T. Brubaker, who went seven innings, allowing two earned runs, and Taylor Rogers picked up today's save, or yesterday's save. Today, we will see Trevor Cahill for the Pirates and Michael Pineda for the Twins. LJ, I was watching this game once I found out that Jay Hamp uh, was carrying a no-hitter into the eighth inning. Um Reading those words on my phone is certainly the least probable or the least possible thing that I thought I would be uh, reading today. That Jay Happ had a no hitter in the eighth inning. I'm trying to think of something else. I'll make sure there's something less probable tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't certainly expecting this. The only thing I'm used to him carrying is childhood diseases. So. I was not. You're going to never get off of that, are you? How are you an adult with half, uh, hand, half foot and mouth, with hand, foot and mouth? <laughs> I just, I just cannot believe it. It made it so much better that it was a Yankee that did it. I, there's how, how, why would I get over it? What, what, what incentive is there for me to do? I'm certainly not bored. <laughs> Very true. On to the Phillies and the Rockies. After the Phillies scored two early, the Rockies got solo shots from Trevor Story. His first home run of the season, which I guess I, I didn't realize, but Trevor Story finally goes yard. So uh, nice for him. Uh, and then a CJ Crone with that second home run, uh, and that would tie it up at two. In the top of the seventh, Andrew McCutcheon would hit a sack fly prior to Reese Hoskins going yard, and that makes it four to two Phillies. But over the next three innings, the Rockies would chip away, and eventually they do end up completing this comeback. Uh, three runs that they score come from a Ryan Mc, excuse me, a Ryan McMahon single in the seventh, a, a Garrett Hampson home run to tie it in the eighth. And then a Rymel Tapia walk-off home run in the ninth to win five to four. Give the win to Michael Gibbons out of the Colorado bullpen. The loss goes to Hector Neris out of the Philadelphia bullpen. The Rockies are now seven and 12. LJ, winners of three straight. Uh, very nice for Colorado as the, the Phillies now drop under 500 at nine and 10. Today's matchup is Aaron Nola versus Antonio Senzatelli. Brandon, and I'm not sure if you remember this, but I laugh at that Trevor Story comment because we had a conversation back in March 
um, Jared Kravis, who is on another baseball podcast, was doing an event where um, or giveaway where he asked people to predict who'd have the most homers through the first 10 games of the season. And you could get like a shirt or something. I don't remember what it was. I was trying to figure out what name to throw into that ring. I didn't want it to be somebody obvious. I wanted to be able to kind of be the first one there and predict it, frankly. But we ended up settling on Trevor Story. We were trying to find the easiest schedule that ended up going through cores in that span. And we opted for Trevor Story. That was not a good pick on there on that one. We really, we really whiffed with there. Yeah. Uh, tough. You know, I don't know what the mindset was for Coors, especially because it's April and it was snowing there the other day. Like, do we really think that the, the, the ball is going to fly that much when it's snowing? Like I get it's Coors, but come on. I mean, it's April in, in, in uh, Colorado and not to mention you're a mile high. I forget who it was. There was somebody on another team that I was like, this close to taking before I remembered course, but it certainly was a better choice than that by far. Well, uh, LJ, I believe it is you with the next. Uh, oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Rangers and white Sox. after a five run third for the white Sox, it only took two innings for the Rangers to work their way back to a six, six ball game. Yerman the Vermin Mercedes pestered his way to another RBI late, and Yoan Mankata added a homer to help Chicago win 9-6. to six. Give the win to Cody Heer, the loss to Kyle Cody, and the save to Liam Hendricks. Brandon, does this make you uncomfortable at all that the win-loss is kind of a palindrome? I was just thinking about that. Cody, the phonetic palindrome? Cody here, here, how do you say that last name? I've been going with here. Let me put it into Google Translate. H E. So for those who are wondering, Cody and uh, on the Chicago White Sox out of the bullpen, Cody and his last name is spelled H E U E R. Hoyer. 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 Now we're gonna do a quick baseball reference check just to make sure, because I know a they have a the reference check on who. Hoyer. Hoyer. Cody Hoyer. Oh, God damn. But yes, that is a palindrome with the win-loss there. I do love yes, that. A phonetic palindrome because it is spelled with Cody Hoyer is spelled with an I, not a Y. Little fun fact for you there. But yeah, the save will go to Liam Hendricks. As I said, in the longest a starter made it today was Dylan Cease's three and a third of an inning of two earned runs, and five strikeouts. Brandon, I feel like I have seen pitchers either go really long this year or very short. Like, I've, I can't remember a time where I haven't seen them try to put the pressure on the starters to keep going and, like, save the bullpen. Like, that seems like the natural, like, strategy to use early in the season so you don't burn out all of those arms but now with teams being so willing to put position players out there and wave the white flag it's a completely different outlook don't you think yeah uh 
It certainly is. Also, I think that in this series, or at least uh, today, we saw it be managed like that because of these teams both had an off day yesterday. Yeah. So, you know, everyone with a day off, it's, you know, everyone is fair game out of the bullpen. But yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. Gone are the days of the, the pitcher sort of a fighting to stay in the game. You know, when do you ever see a pitcher tell his manager off anymore and say, I want to stay in the game? Now it's just like, as, as soon now. as the manager comes Blake out, it, it's done. Yeah, Blake Snell should have done it. You know who I was Tyler thinking Glass about who did it, though? Wasn't it Matt Harvey in the World Series? He went out there for the ninth inning, and they ended up uh, losing that game when he goes back. Oh, you mean you mean successfully do it? Oh, oh, his, his was successful? No, 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 no. I'm saying fight, argue with the man, oh, argue yes. it to the manager and successfully go back out. Yes. Yeah, because the last two I because the last two I can think of seeing fight it and fail were both Rays. Interesting, interestingly enough, mm. which again yeah. goes back to Doesn't my surprise me. Which go, oh yeah, I mean it goes back to my thing where I think mentally you can only play in this system for so long before you get completely frustrated. I mean, look at. Um, well, really, both of them, Snell and Glass now, but Glass now now for argument's sake because he's younger. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. When you're coming up, you can accept these rules by saying, okay, yeah, ease me into starting. Once I become a full-time, a, a legitimate ace, then we can figure it out from there. All of a sudden, he's coming, become a full-time ace and he's not getting any of these restrictions listed, lifted. It's like being in New York, California, or Michigan, your COVID numbers keep dropping, but you know, not, but nothing's getting opened up or anything. Yeah. Is Kevin Cash, the Gretchen Whitmer of baseball. Hmm. It's a tough comparison. Interesting. All right, last game of the day. Oh, LJ, you have anything? Nope, all's up. Last game of the day, 
between the Marlins and the Giants. After a Jazz Chisholm home run in the first, Mike Yastrzemski, the Jazz, he goes yard, two-run home run, and that gives the Giants a lead in the third inning. With that same two-to-one lead in the seventh, Wilmer Flores, a Brandon Belt, they both single, and then a Darren Ruff sack fly makes it five-to-one Giants. A Jesus Aguilar home run had me going, sheesh, just like he, just like the play that he made yesterday. Uh, or uh, uh, the, the play that he made a couple of days ago that had LJ going, sheesh. sheesh. But, <laughs> but uh, that home run was all that the Miami Marlins could get back in uh, for the rest of the game. They lose five to three. Give the win to Alex Wood. Seven innings of one hit, one run ball, striking out seven. I'll be talking about him in a couple of seconds, I guess now it is. Uh, the loss goes to Sandy Alcantara. 0-2 on the year. He goes five innings on four hits, two runs, and striking out four. The Giants are now 13-7 and seven and have won seven of their last ten. The Miami Marlins slip to 8-11. and 11. Today's matchup is Pablo Lopez taking on Kevin Gosman. Now it is time for the best deep look into players in all of this baseball podcast, the PPP. Particular players people may care about or should care about. Brandon, you've got two here early. I will let you have the floor. Yeah, I got two pitchers. LJ's got two hitters. Uh, we're going to start it off with a Jacob DeGrom. Uh, you know, 15 strikeouts, just a, just a casual start for him today. Uh, complete game shutout, 15 Ks. Uh, he's the best pitcher in the league. The fact that we have the argument every offseason as to, well, is he really the best? Like, we that, that argument is officially done. And I'm going to make the take that in our generation, so that's coming from, I'd say, Post Pedro Martinez and Randy Johnson. So after they were out of their prime, there's no pitcher who's had a greater four-year stretch than a Jacob Degrom has. You could say Clayton Kershaw yeah. between 2013 and 2016, and yes, while that stretch is very good, a uh, Jacob Degrom has, if he is able to keep, and obviously he's not going to be able to keep up these same uh, stats that he has this season. But if he's able to pitch anything like he has the last three years this year, uh, that four-year stretch needs to seriously be, be looked at as one of the best in, in, in history. I mean, yeah, I think you really have to give Kershaw a look here. But again, let's look at it. Let's look at it a few years from now, and we'll really see what's going on. I'm not willing to... I'm not willing to make that given spot until like we really feel that this generation is done. Because I mean, yeah, because where are you capping it? Yeah, see, that's, where, where, that's where, kind of where, I, where I, I run into an issue because I didn't want to say since 2000 because then you would have to throw Pedro and Randy Johnson in there and also maybe Greg Maddox because you could say that Greg Maddox is peak ended I guess like 2000 was his last like really really good year uh and then yeah I don't know where to cap it at because 
And the the more that I look into Kershaw, it, you could pick like any four years between 2010 and 2017, and you could kind of piece together something very similar, if not much better than than a Jacob DeGrom. You, you'd have to really look into the numbers, but uh, both should be very highly praised for what they've done for, for pitching in the last uh, 10 to 15 years. Yeah, honestly, yeah. And I think you, you should say 2013 on, is there a better pitcher that's come up? No way. Mm. I, real, I, I can't say it. I mean, perhaps a few years down the line, we'll be talking about Shane Bieber like that, but we'll have to see. Another guy tapping into something we were talking about, someone we were talking about earlier, Casey Myers, of course, did not look good today at all. But it's interesting to me how it really can take a, a while for pitchers to be developing. I mean, look at Shane Bieber is an example recently. Comes out, pitches 114 innings in 2018, 455 ERA, 95 ERA plus. And then all of a sudden it slowly starts to get going. And then you're seeing a Cy Young year. You're seeing a almost MVP year. You're seeing another incredible display of pitching this year with 48 strikeouts through four starts. So you really have to give some of these guys time. Another guy I was looking at is, yeah, Jacob DeGrom follows this same task. Brandon, his first couple of years, while they were they were good, they weren't anything that's going to like get you noticed. I mean, he certainly had a down a, a downtime at that twenty eight age twenty eight age twenty nine era area. It took him a lot longer to get up here as well compared to other guys, and then all of a sudden rattles off a four year stretch where. He, you're absolutely blown away by what he's doing out there. He certainly was by no means bad ever. He was always a top of the end, if not ace guy since he's come up, but he wasn't anything that was going to wow you. So you really have to be patient with these guys is the lesson here. I mean, I think Bieber shows it clearer than anyone else, but you're certainly ne- you're never, you're never going to see a guy. I don't think come out, end up being one of the best pitchers in baseball or the best pitchers of a generation, you're not going to see them come out and have immediate success, at least not nowadays where one misplaced ball is going to go over the fence, where it's just the mistakes get capitalized in certain areas. Yeah. And not only that, did did he get a late start, but a lot of people kind of forget that, that Jacob DeGrom is, he, he, he's going to turn 33 in June. He's not on the younger side of the the spectrum here. And he's already thrown over 100 pitches this year that have been over 100 miles an hour. 100 pitches over 100 miles an hour. Tonight he was striking out guys with 101 miles an hour, and he's about to be 33 years old. Like, how do you gain so much? How do you gain so much speed over the years? Because we've never seen him be up at, at this uh, fast. Not, not when he was 26 or not when he was 29. And now he's 33 and he's throwing 102. How do you hit it? Uh, it's, this is a fantastic stretch 
hopefully it can keep going. Cause I mean, we've seen a lot of guys, of course they do occasionally have a struggle, a little struggle session in the mid thirties, if they're going to do this, namely, um, I mean, Clayton Kershaw has looked better recently than he did for the, that like stretch of 2018, 19. Maybe that might be just an overreaction of mine to this year, but 2020 was also good where he kind of did, you could tell he did take a step back. The prime might be gone, but then all of a sudden they jump into a second act of their career where they're able to take it and be almost as good a pitcher as they were. Justin Verlander, I think, is the prime example. He's now been in the league 15 years, um, or this is his 16th year, played 15 seasons, I believe, that, if I'm correct. He's been in since 2005 and was one of the best players of that of that generation. And all of a sudden, you start to see after those really good teams in 2012, 2013, he starts to slide a little bit. You're starting to wonder, particularly before he got in the next couple of years, whether his career was going to end up continuing much longer. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, he pops off in Oakland, or not Oakland, in Houston after he gets traded over there and launches himself back into the Cy Young conversation, which he hadn't been in since 2012. That was a seven-year gap. So hopefully for his sake and his legacy with having started so young, he's not going to have as long a lull between dominance. But I, I, I would love to see him just keep just cruise right through until he t- retires at like 38 or 39. Yeah. Uh, I w- would love to see him be, be dominant for the next X amount of years at this same, same level. There's just something about watching a player year after year produce the same consistent a level of play. I think that's what makes Tom Brady so captivating. I mean, it's just year after year, it's the same thing for him. So yeah, uh, it'll be. I'm 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 really hoping that we we get to see quite a few more years out of him. But uh, I'm gonna move on to my second pitcher here that I want to talk about, and that is Alex Wood. Uh, he made his second start of the season tonight. His ERA now sits at 0.75, and he has a 0.42 WHIP in 12 innings. Uh, so he was a guy who has always been a three pitch pitcher. But for, for most of his career, he was a sinker, curveball, changeup pitcher. And he has started to ditch this changeup a little. He threw he's, he was throwing it at 23% in 2020. Now he only throws it about a 15% of the time. And he also doesn't throw this curveball anymore. He, he ditched that prior to the 2020 season. He, he introduced this slider, which is – after throwing it 28% of the time in 2020, he's now up to about 40% with it. And it's been really, really effective. Alex Wood, uh, if you don't know, he has a really strange uh, arm angle that he throws out of. Uh, he sort of hides the ball behind himself for quite a long time and then throws at a bit uh, lower than a three-quarters arm angle as a, a lefty. And uh, yeah, this this a slider is really working for him. He's able to paint that uh, inside corner for right-handed hitters and uh, is having a really good year for the Giants. And uh, they're also playing really good. So 
really nice to see that. Yeah, this again isn't actually isn't my hot take, but it might be a bit of one. I think the mandatory three to four pitch repertoire really, I mean, they most teams would seem to prefer you have at least four pitches as a starter is a little overrated, especially with the way the game is going, because so much of that is focused on being able to give a guy different looks as you go farther through the game. If you have something that's absolutely nasty that you're able to do out on the mound, you're better off doing it as much as possible than rather than getting dragged down by bottom pitches. I mean, that I think, Brandon, would you say that's a fair spot to say? I mean, I don't have any ERA or anything on that uh, changeup or any, a batting average, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say that he has been that good with those bottom pitches. It's, it's stuff that seems to be afterthoughts to him compared to that sinker, which he really seems to like. He uses a lot. So why, would, why wouldn't you stick with what works, especially if you're only going to see guys twice a game? Yeah, uh, you know, I think that we're seeing more and more now guys don't need as many uh, uh, pitches because they can execute the same pitch over and over again. I mean, there's some pitches that, that these guys can throw for strikes that are essentially unhittable. You, you have a guy who's a, a, a right-handed hitter. If, if you can put a slider or a fastball on that outside corner, they are not going to be able to, to, to hit it. Uh, and if they do, it's going to be weak contact. And so now that we have guys who can just pitch after pitch, make the same spot and make a great pitch every time, you really only need, I'd say three is like the absolute max. If you, if you wanted to have a small amount of pitches in, in, in your, your, your repertoire, I mean, we see a guy like you Darvish, who I think according to his baseball savant says he throws seven pitches or something which uh is crazy uh so it's it's a technically six pitches because they have a change up in there which it's only counted once for but yeah uh i i totally agree it's interesting to see that alex wood is starting to use that slider more now and he kind of ditched the curveball he wanted the more lateral movement but uh yeah it's working the guy i think of when i think of two pitches right now that make it's probably just Boston Red Sox bias is Tanner Houck, who you've heard about him for the past couple of years, but the only thing you've really heard is needs to work on a third pitch as a starter. You say that, but for I me, mean, first off, he's got other things that he's been working on, but nothing's really great. And that's really been the only knock on his game so far. So you see a guy who has who went last year and had a 0.53 ERA in three starts and of course has 500 runs this year but it was one of those like kind of all it was an off game where he was just called up I'm not really going to put a too 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 much stat uh stock in that one as much as I would normally if he was a consistent part of the roster but if you're performing with two pitches why wouldn't you why wouldn't you if you're the team ride the hot hand until you need to if you can get a season or two out of this guy without having to focus on a tertiary pitch then you're getting 
quality innings from a guy, and then you figure out what you need to figure out later on. Yeah, uh, that's a good example. I I honestly didn't know that Hauk only threw those two pitches. So uh, we'll yeah, I mean, see how his uh, how how his uh, career arc sort of plays out. Yeah, there's there certainly are other pitches he's thrown. He throws a bit of a sinker now more than he was like known for before he came up. A split finger has kind of been worked in there very sparingly, but other than that, it's really been just a overwhelming primary of slider and fastball that he has done very well for himself with. All right, why don't we just go Red Sox to Red Sox here. Xander Bogarts, of course, one of the best shortstops in the league, one of the best players in the league, has had had the back on. He's been playing well, but just could not translate that to home runs. Well, Xander Bogarts, in three separate games this, this week, has his first three home runs of the season in the third full week of the season. Guys raking. I know that was just some crazy numbers I wanted to throw there. But yeah, three home runs this week, three on the season. He has been raking these past couple days, and I love to see it all come together for guys like this. Yeah, uh, he was our uh, pick for the Boston Reds. For our, he was the pick for our, the MLB Daily Hall of Fame, correct, for the Boston Reds? Yes, Sox. he was. Yeah, uh, I like Xander Bogarts. Uh, it's some people think that he has potential to become a Hall of Fame shortstop. Uh, he already has the war to be on track for that. Uh, if he can keep it up, this is age 28 season. This is where you would expect the, the big numbers to start to come through. Uh, yeah, if, if, if he can keep it up, I think he's going to have a real Hall of Fame case at some point. Absolutely. My second guy kind of leads into another guy here that's been heating up that I was just looking at. Uh, Yerman the Vermin, Yerman Mercedes comes out today, has a four for four day and keeps his average still above 400. He's got a 429 so far. Absolutely fantastic start to the season for a guy that no one was expecting anything from. Brandon, what have you been seeing out of the guy? Your mean Mercedes is awesome. Uh, we talked about him a lot at the start of the year uh, be- just because he he couldn't stop hitting. And he's been there at the top of the, the batting average leaderboard the entire time. I, LJ, I know that you watch a lot of MLB Network. I'm not sure if you've seen when they were breaking down the way that he um, – has the, the the way that he takes his approach when there's two strikes. So for for reference, when they, when he's not in a two strike count, he has quite of a leg kick that he he uses to get more power behind the ball. On a two strike count, he completely switches his his like stance in a way where he he doesn't use the leg kick anymore and just goes for like a bit of a toe tap. And the other guy that they compared him to. Who, who does this is Bryce Harper. And they were talking about how as the pitcher gains more, more leverage in the count. Uh, when Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. 
Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. It's just a way for the hitters to become more uh, defensive. And they were saying how hard it is to just uh, master one one batting stance or just to master the... uh, the leg kick. So for him to be able to have both a leg kick stance when he wants to be more aggressive and then a bit of a toe tap uh, when there's two strikes and you need to uh, shorten up your swing uh, is really cool. And it's really special because as the way that that, that they were talking about it, it's not a very often that you see a guy take an approach like that. Yeah. I think it's also part mental too. I mean, you think about it, you're focused if you've got that leg kick, you want to get that power. You want to get that drive behind the baseball when you make contact. But once it gets to two strikes, you just want to make contact. You want to have a shot at getting on base. You really have no shot if you don't hit the ball. So, or limited, all right, I should say, you can walk. Um, you can be hit by the pitch also. That was not the right choice of words, but we will move on from that. So like my point is when you need contact, changing the stance while also changing your focus to getting making contact with the ball that's got to help it that has to boost it by saying okay i've done this now i can make contact easier mm-hmm. yeah uh i i totally agree uh he's just such a special player uh and you know thinking that if eloy jimenez doesn't get hurt we probably don't see much of this guy at, yeah. this, at the start of this year. So uh, it's going to be awesome to see once this this White Sox lineup gets a fully healthy with Jimenez and Robert and Tim Anderson. There's just so many guys right there. I mean, I didn't even mention uh, Jorge, or Jose Abreu, who won the mm. MVP last year. So, yeah, they, they have a loaded lineup. But uh, I think we're about time for Brandon's leaderboards. Yeah, let's get on to the leaderboards. Uh, as for war for hitters, LJ, we finally have a new leader. Uh, he is back. Mike Trout now leads uh, the hitters and wins above replacement. He has 1.6. Ronald Acuna Jr., who came back today, he played in that Braves uh, win over the Diamondbacks. Uh, he 
is at 1.5 now as he went over four today. And then we have a two-way tie for third place in the hitters between Vladdy Jr. and J.D. Martinez both sit at 1.3. For the pitchers, Jacob deGrom uh, on top now. He has 1.8 wins above replacement. We have a tie for second between Corbin Burns and Garrett Cole. Uh, Garrett Cole pitches today, so he could uh, potentially leapfrog Jacob DeGrom with a fantastic start. And with, a, would say, a quality start, he would, he would get over uh, Corbin Burns for sole possession of second place. As for war for the relief pitchers, it is Mark Melanson in first place with 0.6. Aroldis Chapman in second with 0.5, and he's tied with Greg Kimbrell. The win stat for pitchers, uh, it is Steven Matz, who uh, gave a big middle finger to me, as LJ said today. He picked up his fourth win, uh, the only pitcher with four wins in the league, Steven Matz. Very impressive. On to home runs. Uh, LJ, it is nice to see we finally have some new names back in this. It had been... Sure days with just Ronald Acuna uh, sitting at seven, but he has well, also sitting on the bench too. So that just, yeah, to show you. it just, it just wasn't fun for the home runs. There was, there was no action in the leaderboards, but finally we got some three-way tie for first place between Ronald Acuna Jr., Nick Castellanos and JD Martinez. They all have seven. And then as for hits, we have a two-way tie for first with 28, and it's between two Boston Red Sox, two who we've already talked about today, Xander Bogarts and J.D. Martinez. They both have 28. LJ, this Red Sox offense has been awesome this year, and uh, yeah, that's why we're seeing a guy like uh, J.D. Martinez all over the leaderboards. Yeah, I'm not going to get into any of the negative of the conversation I was having earlier, but I was having a conversation where I mentioned this Everybody in this Red Sox offense has been bouncing back from a very trying and rough 2020, which saw all of the shutdown restart, the pressure of 60 games, the frustration and mental fatigue that not having a a real rotation to keep you in games and not just asking you to outscore the other team every time. That takes a toll on what you're able to actually do offensively. So we were expecting a bounce back from these Red Sox this year. They've, they've come back every bit that they possibly could. I mean, I, I ask you to find somebody that was a, like of the main guys that have been on the team, the core guys who hasn't bounced back. JD has looked amazing. JD's in the war conversation has played maybe two games in the field. Uh, Xander Bogarts looks great as always. Now he's got the power going. Raphael Devers went like 0 for 11. And now, Brandon, we were talking about him being him and his absolutely unreal stats over text earlier. I'm going to try to see if I can pull those up really quick. Um, where is it? Oh, yeah. Way up top, even expe- expected um, on base average, barrel percentages way up. I mean, this is a guy who started off incredibly slow and now has just come back with a vengeance. So they're, they're every bit as good as we always thought they were at those spots. They just have, we just have to see the people that have been filled in around them actually get ready and start playing baseball. 
Yeah, uh, totally agree. Uh, it's nice to see Rafael Devers hitting nice, especially for my fantasy team. He's really picked it up lately. I was surprised how high he was on a couple of those leaderboards there, uh, like the, the the barrel percentage. I really thought that he got off to a rough start to the year, but he's been crushing it lately. So uh, that's awesome. But um, LJ, uh, we have a bit of a review that we want to do, sort of half review because we haven't got to – play the game much but uh would would you like to uh take it away yeah i think we should go with our initial reactions absolutely mlb the show is officially out it's been out for a little while i had quite a busy week so i was not in a rush to do to get it however i did purchase it today downloaded it played it for a couple hours and i think it's a good time for us to put together our initial reactions which means it's time for my flaming hot take of the day. It's all right at best so far. Okay. I was, I'm a kind of on the opposite spectrum here. Um, you, you can go first and then I'll. I've been playing a lot of the, the Diamond Dynasty mode. Um, and while the actual gameplay is awesome, like, don't 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 get me wrong. Being in the games and being able to play and the game looks incredible. It feels incredible. There isn't really like any sort of a glitchy things that 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 you can force. Like you have to play good good baseball if you want to win. And that's what I like about it. What I don't like about it is the the San Diego Studio servers. These first few days have been very bad. Just trying to connect to an online game has been pretty rough uh and also you know you could always with 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 any sports game there's always the question of well how much different is it than the the last year's version and right and so i haven't played mlb the show for a couple of years i believe last one i got was for the 2019 version so it's nice to be back um I can't believe how much I missed the game, but other than the online servers, uh, I am enjoying what I've seen so far. I'm going to play a lot more this weekend as I will not have classes to attend. So a lot more free time to play MLB The Show. Well, I mean, just because you have classes doesn't mean you can't play MLB The Show. Let's be real here, Brandon. Um, Skip class? Why not? Yeah, I mean, it's MLB The Show. I was shocked to hear that you said uh, you hadn't gotten uh, 20. 20, I thought, went really well. This has been kind of a letdown in a couple of areas just because of everything I liked about the game to begin with. Let me get into the parts that I really liked first. First off, the gameplay, as Brandon said, has been absolutely excellent. I am not by any means good at get video games. Like, I'm usually playing on one of the lower settings. I think I'm on rookie or whatever the second level is for this game, which should be embarrassing for, the, for how many years I've, I've been playing for about a year and a half now, playing quite regularly when I can. I should be better than that, and I don't play with hard controls, but I'm just not. The issue I had with last year's game in that is if you go down to rookie, every single pitch is a strike. Mm. So, like, you can't really – your 
on base percentage looks really weird because I mean, first off, I swing it too much to begin with. So I'm never going to have a high on base compared to my average. Everyone swings it too much. We're just so impatient. We just, all we want to do is rake. We just want to rake. Well, the other thing is too, I think people undersell how hard it is to read a ball in baseball, like to figure out where, where it's going, if it's a ball, if it's a strike. I mean, I finally got to at one point where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take first pitch. I stopped doing that after that pitch as it was a 75 mile an hour change up right down the middle that I didn't have my hand even on the controller for. Uh, But no, I mean, this game has done a great job of actually making you have plate discipline and actually putting pitches out of the zone, even on the lower levels. I think that's great. The other thing I think is great, of course, Brandon plays a lot of Diamond Dynasty. I can't stand any of those card-based games. I play almost exclusively Road to the Show. Hmm. It's by far the best my career in all of sports gaming. I will say that to the day I die. And so they've done a couple new interesting things with that, that mode this year. The first off is they're now doing this. It's all kind of centered around the option to be a two-way player. At first, I'm like, I don't really think I see myself being a two-way player, so I'm just going to not do that. But as soon as I had the option given to me, I caved. I did it, and I'm having a lot of fun being a center fielder and starting pitcher for in the Seattle Mariners system right now. So I think that's great to have that option, but also the variance in control you have of your destiny. Before, you had to start with a picked, a selected position. In this game, you get drafted, then you get your position. And you can do this by either giving the prompt that says, uh, I'll play anywhere. You can give the prompt that, like, I want to be in the outfield but don't care. Like, so you have a little more randomness but still some control, or you have the full control. And so I think that's really great because then you can kind of – see where the team would actually want you to be where you fit best into that team and then make it work from there. You can always change the position later on in your career. The other thing that extends from that is the ability of picking teams. Now, Brendan, I don't know if you recall this when you were starting your road to the show, but they now have rather than just, I want to pick, I want to play for this team or I don't care where I play. I just want to play baseball you can kind of give preference towards an American league team or a national league team, or even better, a contender or a long shot. So that gives you a little, a little more control, but still the random aspect and feel of the draft. So, you know, generally what you're doing. The only thing I would add to that is market like coast Midwest. Like if you want to be in a central division and East or a West, that I think would be a better a good idea to add to as for what I don't like about the game. First off the screens, everything, but actually playing the game has been incredibly slow. I'm not yeah, sure if you, I was about to say the, the, the loading screens are significantly longer than from what I can recall. And I don't know if this is just a trouble with my downloaded version or not, but when I go to, uh, when I go to like move in some of the screens in the home screen in the pause menu screen, 
it, it takes a while or it'll take multiple clicks for me to be able to get it to move over. So there's some obvious bugs and speed issues that they've got there. But from a game, like actual, like the contents of the game, the only thing I can complain with is I am not a fan of this new progression system for Road to the Show. Uh, they, of course, always had these archetypes. You could pick between a couple archetypes that did kind of box you in on which ones, if you wanted to build a different player from what they suggested with those five archetypes. First off, I can't think of any realistic players that aren't covered there in yeah. those archetypes. So that is fine. But now you've got it where you can pick whether you want to focus on your like a couple hitting ass attributes, power attributes, fielding, speed stuff like that and like mix and match. And it just, it's such a clunky thing. You have a, you can have multiple presets. Maybe it's just, I don't understand it yet, but this is a downgrade to me from the ease and, and capabilities of the old system. And I would much rather have that back. Yeah. uh, I have played a little bit of road to the show. Uh, I got drafted into the Houston Astros organization and I chose to become a closing pitcher and I am a corner outfielder. So they swap me between a left field, right field. And then I also do my fair share of a, of a DHing in the minors still, but um, it is really fun to come in and close out a game and then the next game I'm hitting like seven, like being able to just do, do both is awesome. And I'm interested to see how, how it works. Once I get to the MLB, like how much am I actually going to be hitting? How much am I actually going to be pitching? Like, am I going to be playing over a hundred games in, in a, in a year? How many are they going to have like a separate closer when, when I'm hitting? So yeah. Uh, Rich, really, really cool that they are able to add that. As for things I don't like, servers, loading times, really everything that's kind of like not to do with the gameplay. Like hmm. the 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 gameplay is always so crisp and so solid every single year that you would think that that's the easy part for them. The the or that's that like that's that's already out of the way for them that's the hard part the, the easy part for san diego studios would be making sure that you have enough server infrastructure making sure that it's the these like small things that get finished that's what makes the games complete but you know i'm not trying to to nitpick too much it's still a great game i've only had a couple of days on it that um, and, and that's just three because i'm of course college student but uh yeah, I've enjoyed it so far, and uh, I can't wait to play more. It's such a fun game that really keeps you compelled for essentially the whole summer. I mean, because there's always new content coming out, especially for Diamond Dynasty pertaining to what's going on in the real MLB. Then also for 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 a road to the show, it's like a fun grind to to, to grind your way to the MLB, to grind your way through your first season. That. There's just so much re- replayability factors within the game that that's why I choose to to buy it. And yeah, I don't know why I, I didn't buy it in 2020. Uh, I, I really didn't play a lot of video games uh, that much over the summer. And if I was, I was playing NCAA football. So it was quite a change, but I'm happy I bought it, yes. Yeah, I just, 
Yeah, it's interesting. Of course, this is the first year that it went out for both Xbox and PlayStation, even though it's developed directly by a Sony company. They decided this was the one that they were going to keep as a non make a non exclusive. So I ended up getting it on Xbox. That's what I've got here. I could not resist the urge to wait until I got home to get it. So and I'm kind of glad I did because then I am able to get the best of both worlds. And I can keep the save files I have on 20 on the PlayStation there and just start new ones here. That's honestly the most underrated part of this game franchise is the fact that you can move your road to the show save files in the cloud from year to year. I've got one picture one that I haven't touched in ages from the 2019 game that I started over there. So you can get, you can play every single game you're supposed to in a season and you'll still be able to play a full career if you want, because you can just keep rolling it over. You may only play two or three seasons in one year, but you can roll it over to the next game and then play another three there. And next thing you know, you've got, got a whole career out of this one character. Yeah. So it, it's great to have that. I'm not sure if I'll take use of that this year, but I'm certainly glad to have the game back. Yeah, it's really nice to have it back. Uh, I can't wait to put more time in on it and then be able to give a more exhaustive breakdown as to what I like and what I don't like. But um, other than that, LJ, was there anything else you wanted to talk about today? Or uh, can we get no, out of here? I think I'm pretty much good. All right. Well, thank you for listening to episode number 56 of the MLB Daily Podcast. Uh, Make sure that you are subscribed to us. Make sure that you are leaving a five-star review on our podcast. And make sure that you are following us on Twitter at MLB Daily Pod, which is a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. You can find Belly Up Sports on Twitter at Belly Up Sports and at Belly Up Podcast. And you can find LJ and I on Twitter. He's at LJ underscore VP underscore LaFiora. And I am at Brandon underscore Karam. That's going to do it. Have a good Saturday, everyone. And go enjoy some baseball. Go enjoy the nice weather. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.